episode 192. And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And welcome back once again, everybody, to the Dharmic Evolution. Thanks for being here on this Thanksgiving weekend, 2018. Delighted to have you guys on board. And today we're going to talk about Beat the Piñata. It's a song that was on the Geography of the Soul album a few years back. And um, this is all about abuse, abusive relationships or, or suffering abuse at the hands of someone else. And uh, we're going to talk about this, and I want to just share some ideas and why I wrote this song. And um, I actually really like this song. Got got a chance to like scream and yell on this song and play some guitar also. And one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is uh, I put up a post recently with um, me playing some uh, lead guitar, and people seem to really like it. So a lot of people don't know that um, I am and have been a lead guitar player for uh, many, many years, but kind of kind of sat it down for many years um, just to focus on singing and songwriting. But I am resurrecting, so uh, I want to actually uh, feature this song and get you guys to hopefully comment on it in the blog and let me know what you think of the song and the circumstances surrounding this song and why it was written. So uh, get ready to beat the pinata. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're going for a ride. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders and organisations like non-profit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres, we know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Yes, we can and we will help your global career. So reach out. So uh, back to the Beat the Piñata storyteller series talking about abuse. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just grooving here and um, doing a little surfing and checking out. And I can't believe the amount of blogs there are on abuse. So why did I even, you know, approach this subject? Um, and I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons um, not that just that I've had some personal experience with it, but um, people who have had far worse than I've had, and I've seen it, and I've actually been uh, connected um, emotionally and, um, you know, intimately in the past with uh, several people, several ladies who have had um, struggles and have had history in this area, which I learned a lot from um, and it's, it just kind of is, is rampant. 
that I think um, now people come out and talk about it a lot more um, openly and more transparently than in the past. Because I think in the past it was just kind of like, now we don't talk about these kind of things. It's just, you know, especially I think in the 50s and 60s, it was people just, um, it was part of growing up, I think. And people just went and just, you know, didn't talk. It was like a dark secret that was never discussed. So whether you beat your wife or your kids or your girlfriend or or whatever was going on, it, I don't want to say it was always accepted, but I, I think it was always just um, put up with and not not discussed or not even talked about or not even, I think people were just blind and completely asleep to the fact uh, about how much damage they were doing to the the recipient of the abuse. And just to circle back, I just had a thought about um, what I just talked about previously, um, having relationships with people who had suffered uh, at the hands of abusers. Um, it occurred to me that, you know, there's a reason why I had, you know, attracted those relationships into my life. And it, perhaps because I was one of them. So there was something, um, you know, kind of unspoken. There was something, you know, transmitted without me knowing it. Um, and maybe from them too, you know, it's kind of like you gravitate towards what's familiar and whether it's in your conscious, subconscious or something you're, you're not immediately picking up on, all of a sudden you find yourself attracted, that per, attracted to that person, not just because of you know, they're, they're a, a beautiful woman on the inside or outside, but there's something inside of them that you feel like you connect with. And maybe that's unbeknownst to you until you get a little deeper into the relationship. You know, I'm just surfing around here too with, um, you know, some of these things that are up on, on Google. There's all kinds of, I mean, there's just pages and pages of things about different abuse. There's this one called Abuse Tracker, a blog by Kathy Shaw, uh, bishopaccountability.org. And um, there's all these headlines about diocese details, pastor's background as bishop plans to visit. Uh, in Alabama, archaic laws fail Catholic child sex abuse victims. Let's read a little bit of this one um, by Christopher Harris. H-A-R-R-E-S-S, Harris, maybe. Uh, Mark Balencia remembers the day when he first set eyes on the new Catholic priest in the small Mississippi Delta town of Shelby. It was 1968 at the time, and he was 13 years old. He turned up without his collar on a, on a baseball game I was playing in, said Balencia from his home in Jackson, Mississippi. He was different from the stuffy priests we were used to. Charismatic, like a breath of fresh air. That was Reverend Bernard Haddikin's first day on the job, the day he began to groom us. While Balenci's story takes place in Mississippi, his position as an advocate for sex abuse victims has put him in touch with people across his home state, Alabama, and other parts of the country. He has heard the full scale of sexual abuse against children dating back decades. He has heard grown men cry over the phone as they, for the first time, explain what happened to them many of it decades before. Now with the expected release of a list naming priests and other clergy accused of sexually abusing children over the last 50 years in parts of Alabama and Mississippi, 
Valencia is preparing himself for more heartbreaking calls. I want to be there for people as much as I can, said Valencia, who is an advocate for Survivor's Network of those abused by priests, called SNAP. But the sad truth is that for most of them, time has run out. And then there's another one, politics and the politics of the Catholic Church. But I just want to share a quick story. I'm just remembering now that um, a dear friend of mine many years ago shared this story with me. And we both went to Catholic school as kids. Um, not, not to the same school. We didn't even know each other as, as children, not until adults that we met. But he shared this story that um, I guess there was a... There was either, I think it was a Monsignor who died, you know, in his local parish as an adult. And, um, you know, I don't think he went to the service. And, um, you know, his father was very upset with him. Why didn't you go to, you know, Monsignor so-and-so's, you know, funeral or or viewing or wake? And I think my friend kept his mouth, you know, closed about the incident until he just kind of snapped. I guess the father kept pushing the issue. And then he shared with him and told him what exactly happened, that this man tried to rape him as a child. And he ran out of the out of the church, I believe, or the school, screaming in terror because he was only like, I think he was like eight, eight years old or something. And, um, you know, the father's face just... Like when he heard this, I, I can't even imagine what that scene was like, both for my friend and also for the father hearing this and thinking that this was some kind of saint, this guy. And, um, you know, he was just a child molester and, um, you know, tried to attack his son. And, and um, I guess a few days had passed and the Monsignor or priest at the time, whatever he was, approached my friend and said, Listen, um, don't ever tell anybody what happened because no one would ever believe you anyway. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that, can you imagine, you know, this has gone on how many times um, around the world and really, really, uh, it's it's kind of rampant in the United States or maybe we're just hearing about it more here. I don't, I don't know. But um, thank God I was never the recipient of any of that kind of abuse Um you know, it was just, um, I never had anything close to that go on in the parochial school that I went to. Um, nuns beating up on me and things like that. And, you know, just humiliating me and, you know, making you cry as a kid, making you feel bad, maybe pulling your ear or whatever. Um, I don't remember like getting my knuckles broken with a ruler, <laughs> maybe tapped, but not broken or anything. Um, but anyway, the, the idea that, um, as a kid, you're having your life taken from you, systematically stolen from you. Um, whether it's that or if it's a child being, you know, a, whether it's a boy or a girl, having their innocence and their, you know, this this beautiful part of their life where everything is new and everything is supposed to be, you know, in discovery mode. And all of a sudden you discover that the people that are supposed to protect you are turning on you in the most vicious, vile manner. And what are you supposed to do with this as a child? Because none of us know what to do with it, we, so we just keep it buried. We just keep it inside. And, and there's not too much you can do with it because, let's face it, there, there's no resources. You can't go home and tell your parents or your brother or your sister about this. 
I mean, maybe some kids had the bravery to do that, but most of us, I think, just keep it under wraps. I guess seeing all these blogs and all this information on Google and all this um, outspokenness and groups and resources is a really good thing because um, now people do have a place to go and people are sharing their stories and telling each other, you know, it, it's time to bring this out and, and start to get healthy because there's no way you're going to get healthy just holding on to this all by yourself. So circling back to Beat the Pinata, you know, I was, I was sharing my own special version of um, things that I went through and felt, um, you know, both at home and in school that uh, I just felt like I just did not have a safe place to go. I just, I, I hated my life as a kid and I got, um, didn't realize till I got older that um, I suffered from depression simply because of this evil past that followed me everywhere I went. And um, I think after my, right when my marriage was breaking up and I, this is a long time ago, and um, I actually s sought counsel and got some professional help with, with this. And, you know, the more I opened up and talked about it, and what happens is you find out that you were taking all this on and blaming yourself for everything because you just feel like you listen to those voices that told you you were useless and you were no good and and the physical and the emotional and, you know, the beatings and whatever. You believe all of that. So you start to believe that you just have no value. And once you start to vet this out and really discover that maybe your tormentor had like real issues themselves. And once I discovered that and found out that, wow, now I can see it through their lens, not through mine. And it all made sense to me. And I, I had a tremendous sense of empathy for my attackers. And I just said, you know, I can see now that they were suffering and they were really um, broken inside and, and sick and not even knowing that they were sick. At least I knew what, how sick I was. I just, I was heart sick, stomach sick, felt, you know, felt pretty horrible. But as I started to peel back the layers of the onion and say, now I'm starting to see this for what it really is. And I realized not only was I not so bad, but I was pretty damn awesome. And, um, you know, I started to feel like almost normal. And the more I dug in, the more I, you know, like examined what happened, all these instances and the why beneath why they happened, it gave me more clarity and made me a lot healthier. And it still comes up every now and then. I don't think you, when you have this happen to you, you don't ever really you know, you can't be who you were before the damage occurred. Let's just face that. Okay. But the good news is you can develop tools that really make it a lot easier. I used to go into these, you know, these funks where I would just be so upset and it would last like two or three weeks. I couldn't even talk to anybody. I was just so, I was suffering so much. And now um, I've learned that when I get that way, lasts anywhere from eh, maybe a day or maybe an hour, sometimes as little as 15 minutes. And um, what kind of tools can you deploy or employ to help 
um, you know, navigate these troubled waters. And, and the first one is, for me, and I hope some of you can take this to heart, do not isolate. It's the worst thing you can do. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. When you isolate and you go down into that dungeon, um, probably for me, the best thing is to talk to a stranger because there's no uh, agenda. They don't know your past. They don't know anything about you. And entwined in that um, conversation of talking to a stranger, you can also make it multifaceted by saying, is there a way I can help this person? So for me, those two things lift me right out. Um, if I'm trying to bless somebody in some small way, whether it's most of the time it's information because, you know, I've been around a while. I've written, you know, probably a couple thousand songs. I've, you know, read a lot of books, you know, done a lot of things. I've had business experience. There's something I have that somebody can value. So what I try to do is share that value with someone in a way that helps them. What does that do for me? It immediately lifts me because then I feel like I have value now because I just did something that is really, really cool for somebody else. I gave them some, some tools. I gave them some wisdom, some experience that they never, never even considered or thought about. And they can take that and immediately do something with it. You know, take it and maybe solve a problem that they're dealing with. So those are two that come right off the top of my head. Do those two things and you'll feel, you know, tremendous about, you know, you'll just lift your day. Oh, and one more valuable tool, comedy. Use comedy to help you lift out of the funk. I recommend the Three Stooges um, more so than anything else. Get the best of Curly and watch that and you'll be rolling on the floor. Before you know it, you won't remember what you were upset about. And... um you know, just just think about how those guys did their life from day to day, and that alone will make you laugh. As for something as heavy as being attacked physically or, you know, molested or any of those kinds of things, there's, there's tremendous professional help out there. Um, I can't even imagine that happening to you as a child, and uh, my heart goes out to anybody and everybody that that's ever um, happen to, but you definitely need to, if you haven't shared it with somebody, get some counseling and there's, there's just unbelievable resources out there now that know how to, to help you with this situation. So getting back to the pinata, why write a song called beat the pinata? And by the way, I gave you a couple of tools, uh, just, just a few minutes ago earlier about, um, what to do like how to how to get yourself out of this. So if you're if you're a writer, that saves the day. You know, I'm a songwriter, so for me, putting my stories into music and stories, um, you know, that really really helps. Um, I get to do on this one. I had some ferocious lead guitar playing, which you know I felt this like searing in my soul. Um, it was my way of uh, responding to anything that I had anger with or disappointment in, fear, any of those things. And the lyrics kind of tell, tell the story too, which I'll share in a moment. But use that as a tool too. If you're, even if you're not a writer, become one. And you don't have to be a songwriter. You can be just, just journal it. Just write down what you were feeling. And that is a fabulous release valve that will help you. 
So beat the pinata is just a metaphor for, um, I thought, you know, I kept having this vision of, in my mind of you know, the kids at the birthday party and they tie up the donkey. For those of you who don't know what a pinata is, uh, I believe it's a, it's a Spanish or Mexican tradition that you stuff the uh, paper mache donkey full of, you know, candy and you swing it from a tree, you tie it up to a tree and swing it back and forth. And then all the kids take sticks and they hit it, they beat it until all of the candy falls out of it. So they beat it to a pulp. They just keep going up and taking turns and whacking this thing. And um, so I thought beat the pinata is a fabulous metaphor for the way I feel because I felt like I was the pinata. And feeling that way, um, again, using one of the tools I have in my tool shed, which is writing, uh, singing, producing music, playing guitar, all those things really, really help uh, with a situation like this, if you're carrying around that kind of, uh, that kind of pain and baggage, um, you have a place to put it. You have tools that you can use to, to release it. And so add that to your list. You know, start a list if you're suffering in any way from any of this um, of things that you can do. Don't wait for it to all of a sudden it's there and, you know, it's in your face and you're feeling absolutely horrible. You know, see if you can um, recognize the different things you can do to help, you know, combat this, um, this horrible nightmare that a lot of us, you know, have to live with the rest of our lives. So Beat the Pinata, you know, I actually got a chance to play um, guitar on this, uh, some lead guitar. And uh, James Mitchell, I shared the spotlight with him. He's playing the second half of the guitar solo. I'm playing the first half. You know, we both sort of have different styles, obviously. And I kind of stopped playing lead guitar for the longest time uh, to focus, you know, wholeheartedly on my singing and songwriting. But I'm really feeling the urge now to uh, to step up and play again. Because um, at one point I was you know, getting to be kind of a hot hand on the guitar. I had my own sound, my own style, my own fingerprints, um, as Jeremy Parsons calls it. You know, every every guitar player has his own fingerprints. I thought that was so well put by Jeremy. And um, and it's true. You know, you can, you can identify uh, someone's playing from a mile away, especially the more distinguished, um, the distinct uh, players like Carlos Santana and... Uh, uh, Jimmy Page and Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan, these people have such signature sounds that, you know, you can just, you just know it. And it's kind of like, you know, the mother goose who hears in a, in a sea of thousands knows the sound of her babe or her, what, what do they call the geese, the goslets, I guess, her goslet, what they sound like. And so it is for us when we're tuned into that you know, that world, uh, we just know what that sound is. So I had a, I had a ball playing on this. And um, I want to just before leaving, uh, I want to just express uh, my gratitude for, you know, discovering these tools and listening to other people and their stories. You helped me tremendously develop a way for me to, um, you know, to circumvent these, these horrible feelings and to deal with them. And, you know, these tools really helped me tremendously, um, to have a life of, uh, happiness. You know, I'm, I'm really in a very happy place now. And when these things do flare up from time to time, it's totally manageable. I go in my toolbox and I just take out the things that help me 
and I'm hoping you're going to do the same thing. So always feel your gratitude. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, all right. Gratitude is a good thing, isn't it? Is it not a good thing to have gratitude in your heart? And uh, I'm grateful for the things that um, were discussed today on this. Grateful for the people who wrote articles on how to deal with, um, you know, being, uh, being, having abuse problems, having um, something happen to you in your life that you you didn't really want. Um, but being able to count on the things that are available to you, the resources, and there's a lot of great blogs, there's a lot of great talent, there are coaches, there are counselors, there are um, you know people who are in the business of helping people who have suffered like this. So go out and take advantage of that and um, always listen to Beat the Pinata if it helps you to do so. <laughs> and... Um, I also want to share some really great news on uh, the subject of the Dharmic evolution. You know, um, I got a letter about six months ago from my RSS feed from uh, Libsyn uh, telling us about the fact that this show had been selected for, um, for being put on Pandora. Pandora wants to get into the business of putting podcasts on their streaming site. And, um, you know, it's been in beta tests for like six months. And I just got word um, a couple days ago that, yes, the Dharmic evolution is going to be on Pandora with the opportunity. I think there are like at 70 million listeners now. So um, very, very exciting. Um, I think some of you guys know about the success we've had on iTunes, hitting all those number ones recently. And uh, we are also on Stitcher Radio, and um, you know we are also on. Where else are we on? We're on. We're not on SoundCloud anymore. That's a whole, you know, different story. I won't even go into that. But um, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes, and we're on Spotify. But now we're on Pandora, and that's going to be, I think, the first of the year you'll see us on Pandora. So. Um, I would love it if you guys would go to dharmicevolution.com. At the bottom of every post we do, there's a place where you can log in your comments and tell us about the show, tell us about um, how you're feeling about the kind of content we're putting up on the show, the kind of guests we're having. Um, We're having some really killer author, speakers, thought leaders, and of course, 
The staple backbone of this show is singer-songwriters around the world, and I've got a really, really big, exciting project coming up that involves many of the countries that we are in around the world. So I'm excited to share that with you as I get a little deeper into it. I will. But for now, I want to just share the lyrics of um, Beat the Pinata and then play the song as our closeout. And thank you guys for being here, being such a great audience and uh, supporting the Dharmic Evolution. Um, So that'll do it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Beat the pinata. Beat it till it breaks. Beat the pinata. Slice it like a steak. Beat the pinata. See it swinging from a tree. Step up and take your turn, singing do re mi. You're like an angry, vicious, marauding dog. You've got your bite into me, just like a bone to a saw. Stuck in your bull dyke black and white habit, you used me like a fucking test lab rabbit. Hiding from the morning father's rage, positioned all the cereal boxes like a cage. Never found a level of trust achieved, I just walk home battered, beaten, bereaved. Walk home battered, beaten, bereaved. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I guess I'll conjure up a couple confessions for Father Quinn. Is this an Irish Catholic joke that I'm living in? All I need is my shrink and a great big bottle of gin. Beat the pinata. Beat it till it breaks. Beat the pinata. Slice it like a steak. Beat the pinata, see it swinging from a tree. Step up and take your turn, singing do re mi. Take a look at that thing, it looks a lot like me. Beat me red, baby, beat me blue. Beat me raw and I'll bleed for you. Beat me up and then cut me down. I'll just crawl away bleeding without a sound. Without a sound. But I want no acts of vengeance. I guess I'll just forgive you. Just walk home better, beaten, bereaved, walk home better.